0: Okay, tonight's message is Philippians chapter two,
1: verse one to
0: eighteen.
1: I'm not intending to finish the whole book of Philippians, but there's a important part that I should go over in chapter three, and there's another part that's important in chapter four, which means necessarily nearly all all the all the chapters. And. And I saw many, many pastors, many of our pastors are sick, but please desire and yearn for the presence of the Lord. And I pray a lot like this. Lord, the day that I die will be the day that the gospel is seized being preached by me. So until the day day you you die, you should be able to be active in delivering the gospel. Or at least you should finish your life while you're praying or or as a martyr. But me becoming a martyr or not will only be decided by God. So so unless you die today, you should be able to stay in God's glory. Okay? So our pastors do not, do not make excuses and sayings like, "Oh, I'm already too old." No, there is there there is retirement of, of of a pastor, but there is no retirement of a servant. So until you die, your body must be rejuvenated. Your must body must be regenerated. You know, I'm already in my seventies or sixties or whatever, but I am I'm like I'm not like a young adult, right? I, I can carry out all these different schedules of conferences overseas and going to different continents, going to Africa, Latin America It's only because I am being held by God and I've had these diabetes over 30 years but, but because God is holding me in His hand and if you have diabe- uh, diabetes over 30 years uh, that man uh, uh, most men will will just be like a, like a mummified <laughs> man and these days um normally i wake up around two to three two to three a.m in the morning because he always makes me pray <laughs> And God is keep making me to carry out all the ministry in my church. And these days I cannot exercise that much, but usually I used to exercise for three hours a day. All because I was moved by God's Spirit. And if you are all being held by God's Spirit, then you guys all can do like me too. So, <laughs> and wow. if time allows me, yeah. I will gather all of you in Jeju Island and I will make you climb the Han- mm-hmm. Hanra mountain <laughs> to the peak of the mountain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We'll begin from this one spot and then we will finish at this different spot across the, the mountain. Yeah. And then yeah. I will give um, $10,000 to the, the person who wins the first place. You don't know. You cannot guarantee who's going to win the first prize. <laughs> if it's $10,000, you'll you never know who's going to win. So I am keep encouraging you to maintain your, your health. Be in shape. <laughs> If, if $10,000 um, does not encourage you that much, it, if it does not motivate you enough, I will give you $100,000. But you know, I will penalize the the younger generations, and I will um, give more merits and give more advantages to, to the older generations. <laughs> for example, for those who are over 50, um, I will allow them to spare another hour than, than, the, than those who are younger than 50. So for example, if, I, if, if, if it took me six hours for me to um, reach the peak, it, you should be able to reach the peak I, within four hours, okay? <laughs> so you know, I'm just saying that that, may, that might happen, that might happen. Do you think I w- will never be able to do that? Would you doubt that I w- won't be able to do that? Then <laughs> Then As for my uh, my Pastor's wives uh, We will do wrestling Or sumo Or wrestling, whatever So I'm just encouraging you to keep in shape Try to be healthy as possible Exercising well itself is, is important But the most important thing Is to live by the Holy Spirit Two years ago but two years ago, it took me and Pastor Lee about five hours to, to reach that peak of that mountain. Wow. It was two years ago. But I believe that this year I cannot do, do like that. I was, I was even over 60 when, uh, two years ago. But I was able to reach that place uh, in five hours. Usually an ordinary person would take yeah. around 8 hours to reach that place. So it was actually a quite fast yeah. pace yeah. for me yeah. to so reach that place in, 그, in 5 hours. There was this another team who went to different place and Pastor Yuan Zhu <laughs> nearly passed out to, to go to that mountain. But anyways, so our pastors, until you die, please be healthy. Be powerful until, and and do not allow the gospel to be seized from your mouth. Okay, let's begin looking from um, chapter 2. Let's read them together. Verse 1 to 18. Amen. And through chapter one, through chapter one, we saw the relationship of joy, relationship of gospel, relationship of love, and the obstacles of the that joy. And from chapter two, from verse verse one to
0: eleven,
1: Paul is talking about our Lord, which is our joy. (S)
0: 근본적으로 교회가 그 원인들이 뭐냐? 그 관계, 음... 그 올바른 관계가 뭐냐,
1: and and first, Paul is beginning to talk about What are the, the elements that makes the church happy From verse 1 to 4 And he's describing how to imitate the Lord Until verse 12 to 18 Okay, let's begin looking at, at those So, the doctrine of the church in the book of Philippians Is talking about that a church must be happy Must be, be joyful Not because of the circumstances and conditions that senior pastor even though the senior pastor is imprisoned you still have to rejoice especially a church is a place of a spiritual warfare so one of the most clear evidence that we are becoming victorious in this spiritual warfare is that we are being able to rejoice and and not only because of the spiritual warfare, uh, becoming being joyful is one of the most important things that we need to maintain in our spiritual life. Because the m- main elements, one of the main elements of the kingdom of God is joy. So if you lose this joy, that's a dangerous thing. So if you if you lost your joy, then you have to be alert and know that you are in a serious issue and i'm not telling you to be forcefully joyful but a- a- as long as you know who the lord is then he will make you joyful and if you accept him if you accept him no matter what circumstances you can be joyful even before the ta- uh, moment of death you can be joyful so this is the main element this is the main essence so so if I have if I have lost joy I have to know that my my uh, faith life is in crisis even though you are believing in Jesus and, and you're still being unable to be joyful then that's a big problem for an example if you have a specific disease for example a diabetes
0: one of there are main
1: reasons uh, main evidences of diabetes becoming becoming... Becoming thirsty And losing weight And those are the evidences of diabetes And if you see those symptoms You will know that you have diabetes And if you are losing weight Becoming thirsty And you are urinating a lot And you are saying Oh I have no problem There is no one who is being like that So you have to go to the hospital immediately And you will need to get diagnosed by the doctors And get examined And if you are not being joyful when you're living with God, then you have to know that you are under a serious problem. So it's a symptom, So
0: that's
1: a serious symptom that you will show when you lose. Oh, that's that's one of the
0: um, symptoms,
1: losing joy. So in the same manner, you are having many concerns and many worries. <laughs> If you have many thoughts, your head, your mind is so complicated And there are many possibilities for those people to have many worries and concerns And if you have many worries and concerns, it's an evidence that you don't have joy And if those kind of symptoms are becoming um, becoming Enlarged in your life, then you have to know that it's a sign of a serious disease and you have to find out of all costs to retrieve that joy but the circumstances do not matter so you cannot say I have lost joy because of the lack of money because of these people no it's all about the relationship between God you need to um, restore that relationship and and you need to retrieve the joy And and look at you guys, look at you pastors, how happy were you when you were imparted of this breath of life? Aren't your spirits so glad? I mean, we, we do this all the time in our church and our church members, they go up roaring and in this blessing ministry, imparting this breath of life to one another, our church members hated to go back to their houses because they were happy, they were joyful when they look at their own circumstances and conditions, it is impossible for them to be joyful, but but they were able to be joyful. So if, if your faith life is in a normal status, your church members must be joyful. So in that manner, Philippians is such an important book. So, it is teaching us what kind of church should it be if if it's having its ultimate relationship with the Lord. So, you should not consider um, being unable to be joyful as a light thing. It's an important symptom that you, you need to be alert about. Okay, You need to find the reason why. You need to find the key to solve that. And you need to know that the main key is the relationship between God. Many people consider that lightly, not being able to be joyful. And they say, oh, that's how life is. That was, that's what life is. And you don't know how much of a, a depression depression patients uh, are there in the church. But you need to repent deeply about, about being depressed. It is impossible to be depressed when you're living with God. And that's also a prophet, prophecy of Joel. At the end time, um, the joy will be be dried out. It will be withered from the church. That's why church is becoming gloomy, being depressed. At, out of all costs, church must be joyful. Okay, let's look at uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. So fundamentally, fundamentally, Paul is talking about the elements why church can be joyful. So this is a, a sub, subjunctive subjunctive in, in Korean. If you have some kind of uh, advices or encouragement in church, and this is connected to chapter four. Um, your own interest for each of you to interest of the others. So, so, Paul rejoicing does not simply mean that he is rejoicing by himself. And he's saying, but instead, what he's saying is that when he is rejoicing, the Lord, in, in his relationship with Paul, he's also rejoicing with him. Okay, so let's look at it together. So that's if that's you that's have that's any encouragement that's within that's Christ
0: that's
1: I will not translate that's them that's uh, that's word by word that's but that's encouragement that's is that's an encouraging one So church should not neglect and look away from those brothers and sisters who are under depression and despair so in whatever circumstances we have no relationship with this depression and uh, despair defeat that does not have any relationship with us in whatever circumstances the lord can lead us to the victory In the place of, uh, in the hopeless, in the place where there is no hope, God will, God is always leading us to the the hope. So, in the church, you should always encourage one another. And that's what the Spirit of the Lord does. That's what Spirit of God does. So, in in your church, in your community, do not neglect those people who are under depression and despair. You should keep encouraging them. God will do. God is raising you up. So in your church, in your community Within your brothers and sisters Do not allow them to stay in their despair And if you have little members in your church Then you will see them clearly, right? So you need to keep encouraging them Keep raising them up Keep giving them um, encouragement not just simply uh, by the word, but by, by the prayer, by the ministry, by the Holy Spirit. And that will build the joyful relationship between one another. And also... Uh, any comfort from his love.
0: So it's
1: not a a simple comfort, but it's a comfort of his love. So not a simple comfort of of a man, but it's a comfort that comes from God's love, agape love. So, so this is the power to overcome the sin Which comes from God's love When God's love is provided That love will provide you the comfort And it will empower you to overcome the sin So, so do not allow your brothers and sisters To maintain this status Keep committing one sin So that's why we need to be transparent at all costs And we need to keep comforting them with with God's love and in the book of Romans there appears this uh, uh, gift of the spirit of comforting one another and there are people in the church who has this kind of gift of love keep raising the people keep comforting them And also um, any common sharing in the spirit. So it's a relationship, sharing, union between, between one another in the spirit. But not a simple communion, but also it's a communion within the spirit. Not because I am close to you, but because Holy Spirit is indwelling between you and I. So what's the first fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love and joy. So when you, when you, when you have relationship between one another through the Holy Spirit, you will always um, produce joy whenever you meet with one another. I mean, when you see see our intercession teams, they they see each other every single day. But whenever they meet each other, they are always happy. I don't know why. Maybe and then and then uh, tenderness and compassion. Tenderness and compassion means you are blowing God's life into that person. And uh, tenderness also uh, providing the, uh, the strength to overcome the world. So if we have those kind of things in the church, um, the joy will be, be uh, coming out from us like a fountain. And these, these elements must be moving within the church. You need to encourage one another, you need to comfort, you need to have relationship between one another in spirit. You need to have tenderness and mercy And churches who are like that will never lose
0: because joy because the and
1: the So it's actually a pattern that, that church members that that should, should show people. between God
0: And in the church um,
1: you know not everyone can 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 be joyful right if if one is falling into despair you should encourage that person if someone is committing sin you should you should uh like comfort them and encourage them to to be returned so that way church is being filled okay, so so the church Is living with those elements And what happens in verse 2 then, then make my joy Complete by being like-minded So being like-minded So what does this mean? The head of the church Christ ruling the body Which is the church so one love, the same love. So this is union. It's a union of the whole community within within Jesus' love. And Colossians one thirteen, what does it say? We have been delivered um, to the the kingdom of Son of Love. So when all the community members are moving in God's love, you should have. You need to have the. Be the answer from God When you are being ruled by God's love That's that's the status of of one love And also what appears here
0: Mm,
1: Being one in spirit so it does not mean that you only have one spirit, but it means that you are all under the rule of one spirit, which is Holy Spirit. And also and, and of one mind. So what does it mean? It means the truth system so they are moving within their mind structure according to the the truth the system. and i believe your churches are like this too and especially in our church from the babies from the infants to the elders they all move according to the word that has been preached by my by my my, my, my by my mouth on sunday all the cell groups all the cell groups they share the message together and they study in NBs. They listen to them in, in on, online, all our community. They are um, making one mind in one true system. So this is a one unified status. And the reason why we can do this is because Jesus is the only head and we are forming one body. And, and within this one flow that comes from the head, we can be filled with Him and we can, we can make these elements within us. And when we obey to this flow, the church will have the authority to practice this authority over all creation So you need to live in that kind of status And what's the status that you are not living by those elements? Uh, Verse
0: Um, 3
1: Selfish ambition and or vain conceit
0: so, selfish
1: ambition means your own dream, your own goal. You're living by your own goal instead of the one purpose that God is giving us in the church. And if those kind of people beginning to exist in the church, church will become powerless. And those are the people who are self-centered. And over 20 years in our church, I've been emphasizing to for them to be transparent, because we all need to be families. We we should not have any secrets between one another. And we need to build these these brothers and sisters relationship. So you have to be transparent at all costs if you are. Um, if you are not transparent, then that's a big problem. Self-ambition, vain conceit, if you have those kind of people in the church, you cannot build this joy in your church. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself.
0: So,
1: so Paul is saying, in what kind of heart should you encourage one another? It's not because you are superior over others, but because because you love one another, and the reflection of that love will sh- be shown through, through this encouragement, this valuing one another. If I am not spiritually filled, this arrogance comes within me. It is being aroused within me, especially when I go to Africa. And when I see these, these powerless pastors and these bishops, and they don't even know where Micah exists within the Bible, I think to myself, oh, how can he calls himself a pastor? And when a past, when a person established a church in Africa, he calls himself a bishop, and I told all of them that you will go to hell. And sometimes when I see those kind of people and when I'm not filled with the spirit that much, I feel like I'm superior than them. So you need to be humble. You need to stay in humility to value one another. And valuing one another is not simply thinking that oh that person is better than me. No. But rather, it's a it's a status of a mind that you are not thinking at all whether that person is superior or inferior than you not. So it's all because of the calling. It's not that I became a senior pastor because I'm superior and you are being an associate pastor because you're inferior. No, it's all matter of calling. So this is valuing others um, above yourself.
0: So
1: that's the relationship of calling, relationship of the limbs of the body and your your pinky finger does not exist because of of no reason it does not exist because of no reason if you do not have your pinky then it'll be a big problem and if you prioritize, if you value, if you value your thumb the most, and if you want all of your fingers to be like your thumbs, then then you cannot pick your nose that that easily because your thumb is too thick.
0: <laughs>
1: so so it's not about superiority or inferiority. It's about the order. It's about the relationship between one another. And if the churches begin lose this begin to lose this, then you will have quarrels, you will have vain conceits, and people will begin to live by their own righteousness, uh, judging one another. I am. I have made ten things right, and you have made only nine things right. No, you should not live like that. Verse four: Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. So, so the first, uh, the foremost important thing is to examining yourself. And you look to yourself and examine yourself, then you will be able to build joy in. Uh, you will be able to be filled with the joy, and that's the um, method that you can uh, build joy in the church: encouragement, comfort, consolations, uh, relationships, tenderness, and mercy. Those elements must be moving between church members. Then church can maintain this joy. And then from verse 5 to 11 appears our model, Jesus Christ, who is model of joy. The reason why Jesus became a model of joy is because He was a humble, he, because of His humility. Verse 5, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In Greek, um, Greek nuance, you need to interpret it as Look toward Jesus Christ So As Paul chose Jesus Christ As, as the model of this illustration He chose the characteristic Of humility and because Jesus was humble, he was able to carry out all his job as a as a savior of these, this mankind. And being humble is not being um being like a uh, being miserable and being like a loser and being inferior under others, but being able to receive all the um identity from the Lord. But why are we becoming arrogant? Because we don't know who God is. If you know who God is in the right way, you cannot boast what you have. And the right image of of your life should be giving giving up on everything that you have before the Lord. So let's say you need five thousand dollars and you have four thousand dollars already Then uh, you have only one thousand dollars You might say that I have one thousand dollars or let me ask only four thousand dollars from the Lord No, you should give up on that thousand dollars that you already have And you should ask for everything before the Lord So when you stand before God the fundamental uh, image of life Should be emptying yourself Plucking out something from yourself um, Throwing out from yourself And he, in 1 Kings In First Kings um, Elijah, when he was standing Before these uh, idol worshippers uh, uh, Asherah and Baal He poured the water On, on his his um, altar On his um, the, the, This offering the, This uh, On this altar But anyways So that's why Paul used Jesus And his characteristic humility As a model
0: And how did Jesus do?
1: Let us look Who being in very nature God so In verse 7, it's the same same meaning with this very nature. Yeah, in Korean in Korean vocabulary it's a little different, but it's very nature. But anyways, we know that we know that he is God. But he he is God, but he, God, but he did not consider equality with God. So so if if Jesus required and asked for equality with God, he could not wear the body of a human being. Why? Because 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 with this with this nature of Sarks, the body of men, you cannot live like God. You cannot live as God. And you know in, in Greek terminology it also has a context of postponing postponing his identity as God until he bore his cross. Until he finished his job as a savior on this earth he did not um ask
0: to become
1: equal to the Lord, to God so so being humble is giving up on all the possibility that he has that's a, such a humility it's a, it's a difficult story so the spirituality you will you will never see an end uh, no matter how much you empty yourself so you should always give up on your thoughts give up on your belongings that's how you should imi- that's how you would imitate the Lord And it's been 30 years since I began my spirituality When I think to myself I, 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 I sometimes think that I have something but when I stand before the Lord, I always have to lay down all those that I think that I have and this will continue until my life will be over. And just like Paul, who was able to confess that I am the least of the beasts when he was reaching the peak of his spirituality, I am not uh, being lazy on emptying myself. So, whatever you have, whatever talent you have, it does not matter before the Lord. As long as you are not being lazy before the Lord, which means you are not being lazy standing before Him, then you will always. you will always uh, be able to empty yourself.
0: So, so he was
1: God, but he did not consider equality with God. So, see how humble he was. Then what happened? Um, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in a human likeness, and he became a servant. Mm. You know you can interpret this in many ways. And God is is the Lord of all, of all creation, but Jesus gave up on this identity of the Lord of everything. He chose a life of a servant who that that must be obedient to this one Lord. So for an example, if I'm a boss, and if I give up, give up on a life as a boss, and I'm becoming a servant, and I go under to un- under another boss and becoming uh, living a life of, of, of a servant.
0: So what happens?
1: Not a simple servant, but being made in human likeness. So in Greek word is HOMOESIS. This is is the same word that appears in Romans 8.3. What does it say in Romans
0: 8.3?
1: Romans 8.3 what does it say?
0: At the end of uh,
1: verse 3. So, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness. Uh, This word likeness is the same word likeness in this, this
0: verse.
1: Why did Paul use the term likeness? You cannot say to the Lord that he has a sin because, because only when you choose a sin yourself, you become a sinner But Jesus did not choose a sin himself Even though he bore the, the burden of sins So he could not use the term sinner That even though he He had sarks But he's not the same sinners like we are That's why he used this term likeness He's saying that he was a man, but, but he's not the same human being like us who chose a sin by ourselves
0: mm.
1: So he had the same sarx, which had the characteristic of choosing sin But Jesus, he did not choose sin by himself So that's why he used this term likeness So he, he was like human beings, but he was not a human being because he did not choose
0: choose to sin.
1: And he was a man, that's why he became a servant. But that man was not a simple man, but he was a man who did not choose to sin at all. That's why that's why he is not a sinner. And what's the importance of not being a sinner? That having been qualified as a representative who can bear all the sins of the mankind. Okay, verse 8 And being found in appearance as a man This appearance is stigma This is a st- different word But appearance, likeness These are similar words But they are actually different vocabularies Why is Paul using different words? Because Paul Paul had this burden To to describe Jesus Christ as a man And he was trying to describe that Jesus was not not different from us But But because he was a model of our life, and he was our savior, and in that sense, he was unique from us, and in order to describe all those things, he used different terminologies here. And that became a burden for Paul. So that's why he used the term stigma, but anyways, it it also means that Jesus was a man. It's not different from us. Rather, he had a worse condition than us. Why? Because he already knew that he had all the authority of God, but he was unable to use and practice those authorities and powers. I mean, think about it. If you don't have money and if you have to, um, if you have to be starved because of that, then you cannot help that. But if, think about it. If you have money and you are, you still have to starve. You have to still be starving. How painful would that be? But in order to describe how much Jesus has loved us and He has voluntarily chose to become a man, Paul used this different terminology, and just like Isaiah 41. Choosing the body of man um, it is a evidence of Jesus' love. He lowered himself until he died on the cross
0: so wearing the
1: body of, of a man and dying on a cross what does it mean and a simple man or uh, sinful man dying on a cross it's a natural thing it's it's not not a surprising thing and when a man dies you do not you would not consider that as a shameful thing because men must die but when a son of God dies it's a, it's a tremendous shame so in Hebrews what does he say he was put. Um, he was um, made less than an angel for a moment of time. So he he gladly took that inferiority and took that shame. But do you think that Jesus would have worried? No. But, two, on his perspective, choosing the death itself was a shame. But because he loved us so much that he obeyed to God until he was died on a, until he died on a cross. So it's not a simple thing if you lose your dignity in your faith life, uh, if you begin to uh, gain your dignity in your faith life, your life will not be swayed by your conditions or your materials. No, rather your life will be only determined by the dignity of God, by the worthiness of God, and this fame, fame and praise of God. So later, later at the end of your life, what is your your rewards? It's fame and and honor, honor and fame. On this earth, you might say, oh, what's great about honor and fame? But when all your sins are being dealt with, and when you finish all your inferior life as a man, that honor and fame will be an amazing reward. Because of this honor and fame, you will be praised and you will be respected by all these ancestors of faith and all this congregation of Kingdom of God. In that sense, Jesus dying on a cross, that's a tremendous humility and that's a tremendous shame. But He gladly chose that by Himself until He died on a cross naked. He bore the greatest shame a man can possibly, um, possibly can take. But that was only possible because he emptied himself completely.
0: made
1: himself nothing. So NIV translated it as he made himself of nothing. So the problem of your life is Misunderstanding as if you can do something You have some kind of possibilities. You have some kind of belongings You know about something So that's where the problem comes within your life So as you live with God You need to always confess to the Lord Lord, I don't have anything I am nothing I am nobody And as you empty yourself like that then you will be like Paul being able to confess that I am unknown but I am also popular in Kingdom of God. So which means that I have haven't done anything and I have given up on anything that I have, but God has filled me up and God has lifted me up. That's the greatness that's the amazing factor of emptying oneself. And Jesus chose the shame himself until he was obedient to die on the cross
0: so the cross
1: the focus on the cross is not on the death of him death of Christ Jesus so Jesus did not die um, concerning whether to die or to live no he did not fight against the devils he did not fight uh, he did not had a conflict within him because he did not he did not want to die on the cross or not, no. It's because of his shame and his identity. And because enemy already knew that. For, for 40 days, the enemy was uh, making fun of him, saying that, hey, you are Son of God, make this stone of bread. In order to stimulate all these, uh, provoke this shame within him, in order for him to uh, be be angry and and rebuke them to say, hey, I'm a son of man, I have ability. But if, if Jesus had practiced His power and ability, then it, it would have been a great failure. And what does Hebrews 5.7 says about Jesus Christ?
0: <clears throat>
1: he emptied Himself completely. And he offered the prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. He emptied all this arrogance of Sarks and the limitations and weaknesses, and then he laid down all his fame and he died on a cross. So cross is not a simple event. It's not just a matter of life and death. So the grief, the grief and conflict and controversies that he went through before the cross uh, in uh, trying to prevent um, his identity uh, from being revealed. So look, verse 9, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest places. Because he was emptied completely, he was exalted to the most high. Spirituality is the same. When we are completely empty, we will be filled completely by the Spirit. When you give up completely, you will be empowered completely. And because we have not yet died to ourselves completely, that's why we are keep rejecting. We are keep hindering the Lord and that's why we have limitations in our ministry. When we can empty ourselves completely we have to we can be completely spiritually filled and Jesus died, uh, died to himself completely in all his personalities and characters. that's why he was lifted to he was exalted to the Most high. What's, why why do we say that his name has a power? It's because it's because he emptied himself completely, sacrificing himself, paying all the price. That's how he he gained the authority of his name. His name was of course already glorious and authoritative, but but he retrieved his glory through his life on this earth. As a man. So when we use and practice his name, the power of his name, we need to know that this is the name which which Jesus have obtained through his life. So when we believe in him and his life on this earth, and we practice that, then that, that name will finally have the power. So when the enemies uh, hear the name of Jesus, they will know what kind of glory and fame Jesus has retrieved while he was on this earth, giving up on all his fame and honor as a son of man, as a son of God. Verse 10. That at the same of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Not only us and above the heavens, but also those who are waiting in the abyss. God will make all of them to be kneeled before Him. Jesus will be seated on the throne of victory and He will be entrusted these these authority of rule and reign over all creation. And that's what his name is. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that can that is impossible under the name of Jesus Christ? This is a, this is not a simple name that is given to us, but this is a glorious name that has been that has been obtained and earned through all the payments that he has earned on this earth. And when we use and practice this name, these enemies will know, these devils will know. Oh, this is a name that he is using through his faith and they will tremble, tremble, but when you use it only by by just a simple statement, then this enemy will never tremble before you. Verse 11, And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So His name, it means that He is the Lord. So when the Lord is rising up, who can oppose Him? So He is becoming the Lord, he's becoming the King. <laughs> He has retrieved all His fame and He is giving them out to all of us. So we have no reason to be defeated by the enemies. When we say that church has authority over all creation, we can believe that in many ways, but one of them is that that because Jesus has entrusted His fame and honor and His authority to us, So do not doubt at all circumstances that church has that authority. And from verse 12 to 18, what are the methods to imitate Jesus? So, so ultimately The reason why we cannot rejoice Is because we are living out of our self-centeredness And our, our self-righteousness And when we have this humble heart That comes from the Lord We can be joyful And when we come out from the center of God We cannot be humble Everything that God gives to us Is by His grace And when we stay in within His grace We can be humble and be joyful
0: Verse 12
1: Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and tremble. Why is this obedience so important? Because of what kind of relationship? Because the relationship of the head and the body So as long as you're connected to the head and as as long as you're obedient to the head The body can can practice the same authority, exactly the same as Jesus has practiced So obedience is... is That's what obedience is That's how important that is At all costs, you need to be obedient So
0: first
1: So so anyways First Continue to work out your salvation With fear and tremble What is salvation? This is an event that has happened already But Paul says work out your salvation Why? Because it has not been fulfilled yet It has not been completed yet So salvation is an event that happened before already But in order to complete it to to the sanctification and glorification, you need to continue to accept, accept God. That's the status of salvation. That's why Paul is saying this in verse 12. So ultimately, the fulfillment and completion of the salvation is imitating the image of God. Sanctification and glorification. So let's see. Let's see how we are substantializing this to salvation. Verse thirteen, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So the one who is working within us, it is God who works in you. So so actually it is it is Holy Spirit, but dynamically it can be God Himself and Jesus too. But why is Paul referring to God? Because, uh, be, because we have to understand this doctrine of God Because the name Yahweh has a characteristic of being active, keep moving, keeping alive So you have to understand this picture as a whole So we have Him as our head and we are moving through His commandment as a body And above Him who is there, uh, we have God who has entrusted all this authority and sovereignty to, to the Lord Christ Jesus And dynamically, dynamically, what's the status? It's a status where God is indwelling in us too. So all this triumph God is making everything within me. In this big picture, it is not me who is thinking. It is Him who is becoming my head. So who is working in me? It is not me, but it is Him. It is God who is working in in me. So what's the only thing that we need to do? only thing that we need to do is to Accept, accept Him by faith. That's the only thing that human beings should do. So in Galatians, Paul is speaking the same thing. For me to die is the cross, and and the one who is living in me is Christ. So man, whether it's an Old Testament or a New Testament, we are not to be made to live Uh, a life of of deeds and of works. So all we have to do is to accept and receive what He has done. That's why the faith is important to us. So you do not do, you do not work, you do not determine. So only thing that you do is to receive the determination and decision of the Lord.
0: 그분이 다 가능하게 만든다 왜? 믿기만
1: 해 So that's how God has turned all the impossibilities into possibilities. How? Through through faith. So only thing that you have to do is to believe. You were not created to work. You have not been created in order to decide the fate of your life. No, it is Him who will decide. So what should you do? The only thing that you should do is to accept His will by faith. That's why we are saying that He is living for me inside of me. So, Paul is talking about, talking um, in perspective of doctrine of God. Mm. What's the importance? Mm. I am not the one who is deciding my life. No, it is not me who is working. It is Him who is working in me. Uh, So, so the quality of your life should always uh, meet the quality of God and the quality of of His standard And as I was advising my businessmen in my church members I advised them that, hey, the next business that you will begin is this construction business
0: (laughs) 그니까 저그 일군. 뭐야 어, 그 천억 육천억 이상씩 해야 되는 일군이 내는데 그 뭐야 그러니까 뭐야 그그그 사람 그래서 그내 mm-hmm. <웃음>
1: Okay, I advised him, yeah. advised them yeah. to do certain kind of business, yeah. business and then. Yeah. All of a sudden, I advised them to change that method, and that businessman chose to begin 21-day fasting right away because he understood and realized that he cannot do anything through his own thoughts and his methods. So misunderstanding and having your own own will and purpose and it will all be revealed when you come before me (laughs) And if you come before me with your own purpose and methods You will then realize that it will have no use and you will only determine to begin 21 day fasting So you should never have your own methods and thoughts and from the beginning, I've been, I've been telling you that God is always giving you what's the best for you And we are the beings who does not receive anything that is not the best So what are the best things? Um, receiving what God has decided, what God has given I'm not just talking about having a large scale. No. Sometimes, uh, sometimes a penny can become God's greatest scale. So it does not necessarily means that you have to um, accept everything that has a big scale in in human standard. No. So only thing that you have to do is concentrate whether it is God's will or not. So men of God. You should build a habit as you live with God, you should always be able to easily give up on your own thoughts. You need to be able to distinguish it right away. And then and and then the time when you feel accepting God's will is becoming easier and easier. And the reason why you keep living through your own will and your own method Is because you do not know how easy your life will be as you uh, receive the will of God So look at Paul, how is God doing? Um, Verse 13 To will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose His good purpose To fulfill His good purpose so how does God work? He does it through His will and He through His good purpose, not through my will.
0: <laughs>
1: Pastor Jung, is it right?
0: <laughs>
1: if 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 my doctors look so closely in the Bible, I sometimes feel so worried. <laughs> But how, how good does He do toward us? Through His will and through His good purpose. Not through my own, own, own will and my own thoughts. So if you continue to live through His will and His thoughts, you can live um, according to God's goodness. And if not, if not, you will begin to live out of your own ambition, your own will, your own thoughts. So it is inevitable for us to live through God's will. That's the way to that's the way to work out on salvation. Verse fourteen, do everything without grumbling or arguing. So if you fail to do this, you will live in your own self centeredness. That's why you cannot help yourself but to argue and grumble. So if you begin to um, argue your own righteousness in the church, you will only begin to fight with one another. Well, why would you have a fight with one another when you are being controlled by God? So when 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 a church declares, only thing that you should do is to receive that and to be obedient. So before before the general Assembly I ask all the church members, hey I am planning to raise and ordain this person as an elder so do you guys agree and they will say oh oh we, we agree and I only ask to their children, their daughters do you because because these these daughters would know deeply about their their father but anyways So it's all always okay when, when it's God's decision. So verse
0: 15, so that, so, that,
1: so that you may become blameless and pure. So what happens? When God fulfills his salvation, when he God works out his salvation, you go down. So So how can we become pure and blameless When we go against Babylon Which is corrupted and and distorted So when when your eyesight is distorted You will see everything as distorted so there is nothing that is straight and right But within that kind of world, we have been called as light we
0: have been called as light
1: so when we are like that, uh, the glory that God has put within us will not be limited, and that that glory will begin to shine. The glory of the gospel will be revealed through us, and that status we call that pure and blameless. And according to the First Corinthians four one, who are those people? They are the spirits who are who are looking toward the the light that is coming from the face of the face of Jesus. Jesus. And in in Matthew's we, we call those people that who are pure in heart who can see the face of God. Being able to see the face of the, of God and being able to see the light coming uh, being shining from the face of the Lord, being pure and blameless. So that's living out God's goodness through my life. Verse
0: 16.
1: So, Paul, Paul is precisely dis- describing the status of being pure and blameless. Um, as you hold firmly to the word of, of, of life,
0: so hold firmly.
1: In order to live pure and blameless, you need to hold firm to the word of God, right? Hold firmly. In order to be holy and blameless, you have to hold on to the word of life, not a simple word, word of life. The word that is keep giving me the life constant, uh, continuously and constantly. Of course, God is life, Jesus is life, Holy Spirit is life. And especially when you are living the life, you are holding on to the Word of God, then this life will continue to, to circulate it in you. And you need to have moments in your life, you are keep examining yourself, whether this life is keeping circulating circulated in you. And you have to keep examining yourself, whether the blood, water, and the Spirit is keep moving within me. Right.
0: So that's why, that's why Paul, Paul is saying, in order to live pure and blameless 자, in this crooked world, you have, be, you have to
1: be, holding firmly on on the word of God. And that I did not run or labor in vain. <laughs> So, so that his effort would his his work will not go in vain. Paul, Paul guaranteed the Philippine churches that their work will never go in vain. Paul is keep boasting about them. Because they will be the be, be crowns of, of crowns for, for Paul. So your church members will become your crown when you go before the Lord. So how precious it is to serve these, these spirits, to make and serve them to become become pure and blameless. And all, all each church member is your, your crown.
0: So, so
1: never can be the relationship between pastor and church members to be humanistic relationship they can only be the glorious spirits through through the relationship between God and between the spiritual relationship
0: <laughs>
1: I do not want to spoil you but they but anyways <laughs> verse 17. Paul is singing this this joy But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering to the sacrifice and service coming from your faith I am glad and rejoice with all of you So what is this offering? This is all the life and the method of life that these Philippian churches are living out Paul is calling that the offering yeah. And also service yeah. With this faith Just like Ephesians 4 They serve as these As these four different um, jobs Of the churches Of the churches And then, and because Paul was able to accept all of those in faith He's, he's saying that he could offer himself as a, as a drink offering As a sacrifice He's so pleased as if he can give, give up on his own life He's saying that I can even die for you As long as you are, are becoming pure and blameless and us pastors, we must have this kind of joy within us too. You cannot die for just random person. You cannot just die for this, this, this miserable person. But when when this church member who I have delivered the gospel to is becoming completed in the Lord, then we will be glad to give our own life for that, that person. I I mean, even if you have only one person who is like that That will be a great joy for us um, Until the point we can give our life for that person So you too should be glad and rejoice with me so what's the joy of the pastor? Church members growing and accepting the word by faith.
0: That's when pastors are joyful.
1: Unless, unless you are a corrupted pastor. Um, <laughs> you will not just simply be be, be be glad when someone brings you a gift or a present or money. <laughs> and 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 honestly speaking if you have a right relationship with your church members they will not be stingy on bringing presents and money to you and and during the blessing ministry uh, our church members brought me so much so much money that that <laughs> i gave all the money to to my wife so so that she would be able to use them
0: huh? 아 나도 다잘 보인다 진다고? 잘 봐야지 나도 어, 그건, 그건 많아요 그래서 잘 보이겠네요 <웃음>
1: So, uh, Mrs. Kim said that hey, you need to be favored in the, uh, by me. So, verse 18, you too should be glad and rejoice with me. So, the relationship between pastor and a church
0: member.
1: Completing the salvation and working out through this salvation. And as a church member is striving to live like that, a pastor can be can be glad, can be joyful So when, when church members grow like this, pastors will will be happy and toward those kind of for those kind of church members, what would our pastors spare for them right? They can even take out their livers for them. That's the joy of pastors, right? Isn't it? Right? That's the joy of pastors This is the season that church is completing their holiness You need to see your church members rising up like this And we are in the season and even and now, I am beginning to have this joy when I look toward my church members. These church members are beginning to show uh, the image of, of serving the church because of the motivation of love. Many years ago, I used to tell the church members to leave the church, get out of the church. But now, I'm beginning to uh, look at them with love. And now I am beginning to think that, oh, pastor ministering is such a fun thing and as i was doing this blessing ministry i was thinking oh now i'm beginning to grow mature (laughs) i'm now growing mature when i go to millennial kingdom and when i pastor ministry you guys once again then i will do better (laughs) all right let's pray